You can turn in your Bible to the book of Luke, chapter 2. Luke, chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 10. Let's pray. Lord, thank you today for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive. Your word is truth. Lord, thank you that your word brings illumination to our mind, direction to our spirit. Lord, it feeds us today. Lord, help us to be more like you, Lord Jesus. We desire to be more like you. We, we love you. We worship you. Thank you for the, the gift that you were given. Lord, that, that it's, it's all about you. It's all about you. And we magnify you. We thank you today for touching every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Luke chapter 2, and let's read in verse 7. This is a, just like Matthew 2, this is what we call the uh, Christmas message. Um, but I want to read in um, Luke 2, let's read in verse 6. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. It's about to have a baby. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. You know, I never understood that just until, I think, this last year. And because, um, you know, we don't usually use that swaddling clothes. You know, you don't go to the baby store and say, hey, do you have any of those swaddling clothes? for?" <laughs> um, but it, it just means strips of cloth. And so wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him or them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You ever notice in the Bible, anytime an angelic host would would come into contact with people, what's the first thing that happened? Don't fear. Why? Because what's the natural tendency? You know, a lot of people claim to see a lot of things, but, it, you know, it's going to change your life if you see an angel. You're not just going to say, well, you know, I saw an angel. We, we sat down at Burger King and, um, you know, we just ate, ate a meal and we were just talking. And, and, you know, you see an angel, your knees are going to knock they're going to have fellowship one with the other, and you're going to be like, you know, trembling. That's why he says, fear not. Notice what the message is. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. We talked about Jesus the Christ last week, and that's how our identity is with him. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a heavenly, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying. Now, it's one thing to hear your voice in here, but when you hear the heavenly host, sorry I can't get that right now. <laughs> the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, notice this, peace, goodwill towards men. You know, there, you cannot have any peace without Jesus. You know, you can legislate it. You can try to put it in the books. You can try to, um, but there, there's no politician that can bring peace. That's why we're supposed to pray for our leaders. Amen. But you can't legislate it. You have to change the heart of a man or a woman. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go to even to Bethlehem to see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So many people have heard these words of the angel about good tidings of great joy. But how many people would say that these verses are real to them? Where it's just, it's not just something we sing, fa la 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 la, you know, and just people, you know, get a little bit of happiness and stuff. But, you know, 
this is something that great, good tidings are great joy. See, it's not enough just to know something in the Bible. We have to experience what the Bible says. It's not enough to know that, you know, there's people that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that he died and rose from the dead. They believe that. But they've never accepted him as their Lord and Savior. So they're not born again. And so this message is announcing Christ the Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ. From the beginning, now we, when we read Mark 2, Mark 2 actually starts and it says the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't talk about his birth. We read the book of John, it talks about way before his birth. It says in the beginning was the word. Now that's long before Bethlehem and a manger. And so, but it's the gospel of Jesus Christ from the beginning to when he paid the price for us. And you know, the word gospel means good news. <laughs> and let me say it like this. If it's not good news, it's not the gospel. Even correction is good, though. So people say, well, you know, that just really, that was a hard word. Well, did you receive it? And, and you know, if you receive it and make the changes, see, I would rather feel bad and look bad, but no, hey, you were about to go off a cliff, but, but, but God helped you out. God turned you around. You know, if I see somebody about to go off a cliff, I'm not going to say, well, hope they make a turnaround real quick. You know, you, you have to tell people. You have to grab people and say, look, you know, this, this is wrong. This is the wrong way. And so the gospel you know, is not just all fluff and just, but the gospel is good news. Say this, the gospel, the gospel is good news. Is good news. So the, we see the angel announcing good tidings of great joy. So I want to preach along the lines of this. The gospel brings joy. The gospel brings joy. We were, we were talking about joy all this morning. We sang about it. Joy should be one of the characteristics of a believer in the Christ. In the anointed one. In the anointing. And so what, what we're talking about is not a religion. It's not a religious duty. It's not... Like, like it was for me the first 14 years of my life, or even 16, 17 years. Why? Because you go to church because that's the thing to do. But it meant nothing to me. Why? Because it's, it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. And it's about fellowship. And that's why 1 Corinthians 1.9 says this. It says, God is faithful. How many know He's faithful? Amen. By whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ. So the greatest call on your life is not just ministry. The greatest call on your life is fellowship. Because if you think you're going to go minister to people, but you don't see. I heard someone say this one time. A lot of people in attempting to be good ministers have become lousy Christians. Why? Because they're, they're always, you know, preparing for a message or, or uh, you know, thinking about ministering to others, but they're not ministering to their own spirit. And so what you want to be is the best believer that you can be. Then you can help other people. Why? Because even if you're just sharing with people on the job, that ministry that you do, if it's ushering, if it's greeting, if it's music, if it's whatever it is on the job, like we said, it's something that is an overflow. You ever just, not just even in the natural, you ever seen somebody that's just real bubbly? Just in the natural. It's just an overflow, Yes. It's just an overflow. Well, see, when you have an overflow, that can spill out on other people. Amen. And so the gospel brings joy. Hallelujah. Over in Galatians chapter 5, we read, the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Whether you realize it or not, God wants you to bear fruit. God wants you to bear fruit. Not be fruity, or, or, <laughs> but be, to bear fruit. And what, what is the fruit that he wants us to bear? Look over in Galatians 5 and verse 22. 
but the fruit of the Spirit. Now, before we get into this, this fruit is fruit of the, the born-again, recreated Spirit. Now, I know like in the King James, it's capitalized as to denote the Holy Spirit, but there's only one Greek word, the word pneuma, and it means many different things. Breath, mildew, um, wind, breath, all these different things, spirit. Uh, and so you have to determine by the context if it's talking about the Holy Spirit or the human spirit. And in this case, it's talking about the fruit of the human spirit. Why? Because I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live within a physical body. That's why when you die, that's not the end of it. Amen. As for us, for the believer, there's nothing to fear. In fact, it's it's like a graduation. You know, you're going to look at your body and say, well, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm done with that for right now. But you're going to pick it back up. You're going to pick it back up one day because the Bible says that that we're going to be changed. I mean, I believe that we personally are going to go through the rapture, that I am. But if not, then... You know, I live my, my time out until I'm 80, 90 years old, whatever, I'm, I feel satisfied, 120. Um, but see, the Bible says that we're going to have a new glorified body. It, it is your, it's this body here glorified. And I could give you a different scripture for that, but people say, no, I don't like this body. Well, I'm sure that you'll be very happy with it when the Lord touches it. A lot of people, they just don't like maybe the condition of their body, but... We can change. We can change it. Amen. Amen. So he's talking about the, the fruit of the recreated born again spirit who's abiding in the vine and has that life of Christ is coming out of him. What is he going to have? The fruit of the spirit is love. So one of the first things that's going to manifest is love out of your life. Well, you know, I just don't have any love. The Bible says you do. You know, it's just like the woman that says, well, you know, I came to church and said, well, you know, I just, I can't forgive sister so-and-so. You got to cast this old unforgiving spirit out of me. And so the minister said, well, have you ever had a, a, a quabble? That's a good word, right? You ever had a quabble with uh, your wife, you know, or your husband, she said? <laughs> this is an interactive service. <laughs> and so... Um, the lady said, yeah, just, just this morning, uh, my husband and I, we had words. Well, did, you for, did you forgive each other? Yeah, we forgave each other. And we, she's, he said, well, I, I thought you said that uh, you couldn't forgive. He said, sister, you just don't want to forgive. You just want to hold on to that grudge. Because so the Bible says that love is the fruit of the Spirit. It's just we have to let it dominate us. But notice here it says love, joy, the second one it says is joy. So joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So I know what, what happens in life is the less we fellowship with God, the more that joy tank starts to deplete. The more that that tank just goes like this. And what happens is the more and more you stay away from the Bible, reading the Bible, fellowshipping with other believers, going to church, the more carnal you're getting at the same time. <laughs> that just means that your body rule, flesh rule. Amen. We don't want to be flesh rule. We want to be spirit rule. So love, joy, peace. That's another good indicator. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, which is uh, uh, being humble, humility. Meekness is not weakness. It's actually a strength. Temperance which is self-control. Against such, there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. So joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit that's supposed to be evident in our life. And see, it can grow more and more. Don't, Don't get discouraged if you just see just a little bit of fruit of joy in your life. Amen. Or or love or whatever. What do you have to do? You have to feed it and you have to exercise it. A lot of times what happens is, is people have an opportunity. Maybe they've been feeding on the scriptures and they, they say, oh, the, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. But then someone comes up and, and 
like, like sandpaper. It just rubs them the wrong way. And what, what is that? It's an opportunity for you to exercise that love. You know, a lot of people do those. They say, it's just like going to the gym. Hey, you want to go to the gym today? Mm, not today. <laughs> we'll go tomorrow. It's just like, you know, hey, here's an opportunity to work out your, your patience, an opportunity to work out your love. What do people say? Not today. <laughs> people think, I'll just give them a piece of my mind and repent later. <laughs> Amen. You don't, you don't want to get into that. That's a bad place to be. And so, you know, and, well, we just keep moving along. <laughs> so that fruit can grow more and more, no matter the circumstances. See, there's a difference between happiness and joy. Like we said, the kids, they get real happy about the, their presence and different things. And we get happy about things, and it's a good emotion. But there's a difference between that and joy. See, joy, you, can, you don't have to have the most perfect circumstances. That's where joy comes in. Where there's just that joy and that peace and that contentment, even in the midst of the storm. That you could just lay your head on your, your pillow and know, I have peace with God. I have peace in my life. The storms may rage and, and the, storms may blow, the winds may blow, but I have peace in my heart. Amen. And see, joy is... An inward strength. I want you to, um, you can just write it down or turn over to the book of Nehemiah. See, the gospel is good news. And the gospel is a bringer of joy. The book of Nehemiah chapter 8. See, there should be joy in our faith. You show me a person of faith, and I'll show you a person of joy. They're inseparable. Nehemiah chapter 8. Now, we see, during this time, we see that the people of God are coming back to the Lord. They had fallen away. And so, when you read that in the Old Testament, I mean, especially in the book of Judges, you see a, a vicious cycle where people... They, uh, they, the people of God came to the Lord, they were on fire, but then they, they started having uh, idols and they, they fell away from God. They started being judged. They, their enemies came in, destroyed, and then they cried out to God. And then, oh God, you know, help us. And then what happens? God sends another deliverer. God sends a, a Gideon. He sends a different one to come back. And so we see that vicious cycle. Well, here the people of God are away from him and then they come back. And Nehemiah is there. And so what happens is they start reading the law. And they start, they start realizing the depth of their condition and how bad it is. And listen to what he says here in, um, in um, it said that they taught all the people, uh, Nehemiah 8 9, and said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. More not, nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Now, you know, that's why the Bible says, judge yourself. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet. And send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry. Or actually sorrowful. I mean, growing up, you'd just look at some, you'd hear people say, oh man, they're just sorry. You ever heard somebody use that word? Well, it's not, it's not saying one well, sorry like that, but being sorrowful. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what's he telling them? Don't be sorrowful. Yes, you haven't been living up to the, to the expectation, but... You know, they repented and they said, don't be sorrowful for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Such a great truth. In fact, I want you to just confess that over your life. Say this, the joy of the Lord Lord is my strength. strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. What if you don't have joy? 
What if, what if, if depression rules us? Then we're weak spiritually. And, and, you know, honestly, I can say, I think this means more to me than any, some, anything else in the Bible. Or, or let me say this. In my fellowship with the Lord, it's such a great indicator. Yeah. When you're going down life in your faith mobile, <laughs> you know, the Bible says that, that we have a walk of faith, then you need to be checking two gauges. How many know that when you're riding in a car, you need to check different gauges? Like I was going down the road about four weeks ago, and uh, I was out in the country, and I was in a, riding in a van, and all of a sudden I see a thing on there that says that the PSI was 14. Well, how many know you need to pay attention to that in your front tire when it's supposed to be uh, 50, 56, I think? And then it says 9, and it's like, that means you pull off right now. It don't matter if you're in the country or, or where it is. Well, there's certain gauges in your life you need to pay attention to. Number one is your, there's two gauges you need to always monitor. Your joy and your peace. Your joy and your peace. And if you don't have it, you know when you lose it, don't you? And you need to find out why you lost it. You need to find out. And uh, I, know, I know one thing about it. I, that's something... I mean, some people may not like the vernacular, but they might, they, they know what you're talking about. But I have to have my, you have to have your fix, your peace fix. Amen. If I don't have peace and joy, I'm just, all day is just kind of like, it doesn't work out. So you have to monitor those things. Why? Because uh, we're supposed to be led by peace in every circumstance. That's what Colossians 3.15 says. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are called. When you have to make a decision, what do you look for? You look for the witness of the Spirit, and, and how do you know that? By peace. Do I have peace about this? You know, if I'm about to make a decision, and then you just have something, it feels like a red light on the inside, just like, you think, oh, no, I can't do that. How many know what I'm talking about? You just have that, that, that stop. It's the Holy Ghost. But see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says this, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. What does that mean? Godly sorrow, it works repentance. So when we, what does that mean? When you repent, you, there's, there's an element of, of godly sorrow that you're, you're not just sorry that you got caught, you're sorry that God, I'm sorry that this was displeasing to you. You know, Lord, I lost my temper, and, and I'm sorry. You know, I repent and ask you to forgive me, and, and go ask the person to forgive you. But it, it works something good in your life. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. Philippians 4, verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it. And when things are right, <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Another translation says it like this. Be glad in the Lord at all times. And again, I say, be glad. You know, that's not a suggestion. That's not a, you know, just, you know, if you can, just, just try. Just, you know. You know, and you have to watch that. Some modern translations use that word try. But God knows if you can do something or not. So I don't agree with that when, when they say try. Well, just try. What does that mean? You, it means you may not be able to. And so what people will do is just say, well, Lord, I tried, but I couldn't do it. But God knows. If he says walk in love, then he knows that we can walk in love. <laughs> so he says rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Jerry Savelle had a, um, a real um, humorous way of explaining this, but he, he said the word rejoice means to brighten up, to leap, and to spin around. Anyone want to show us how to do that? <laughs> brighten up, leap, spin around. That's what rejoice is. 
Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say, rejoice. 1 Thessalonians says this, in 1 Thessalonians 5.16, Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. But he starts with this, rejoice evermore. What does that mean? It doesn't matter how I feel. Let me give you a newsflash. Our salvation is based on faith, not on feelings. But once you, once you, you put your faith in a certain way, in a certain direction, your feelings will follow. Like, who just loves getting out of the bed on Monday morning? I know some people that, you know, that's not their favorite day of the, the week. And so they talk about it all during the day. Well, how's it going? Well, it's Monday. <laughs> I was talking... I was talking to a pastor one time, and um, I said, hey, how's it going? He said, well, I'm here. I thought, boy, you, you really got the victory today. <laughs> but let me, let me give you a couple other verses here. He says, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. What's a merry heart? It's a joyful heart. Not a sad heart, not a condemned heart. That's why the Bible says there was no, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You know what that word no means? In the Greek? No. no, none. Not even one, none. <laughs> See, most people need to laugh when they, when they least feel like it. And, and I know a lot of people that they haven't laughed in years. And, you know, the Bible talks about that we should be like a child. It doesn't say to be childish, but it says to be childlike. And what do kids do? They laugh. Whether it's the right time or not. You know, somehow we just feel like when we get, we get older that, that, you know, you know, we just got to, we just, we're grown up now. You know, and you even talk, you even see people just say, you know, well, you know, we've been born again for years and we've been in the way. Well, that's the problem. They've been in the way for too long. But they say, well, we've been in the way for, for 30, 40 years. But they have no joy. The Bible says that, that, that we, that, that God preserves us, that we're preserved. It didn't say we were pickled. You know, a lot of people look like they got baptized in vinegar. Amen. There, there should be a, a joy that comes out of our life. And, of course, that comes out of fellowship. If, if there's little, little fellowship, then there's going to be little joy. Amen. But see, here's the thing. If you wait for the flesh, if you wait for the flesh before you laugh, before you dance, before you shout, before you get excited, you're going to be waiting a long time. You know why? Because the flesh is lazy. The flesh just says, you know, let's not be overboard. Let's just not, let's not um, do anything to draw attention to ourselves. And You know, the Bible talks about the praising God in the midst of the congregation. What are we going to do about verses like that? But see, spiritual people, they laugh. You know why? Because the Bible says, at destruction and famine, you shall laugh. At destruction and famine. Now, I'm not talking about laughing at destruction in someone else's life. I'm not saying, oh, man, they just, they, they lost this and then you laugh. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when the enemy tries to do things in your life and he tries to bring things in your life at destruction, at famine. What does that mean? At loss? That means like in hard times? It says I'm going to laugh. Well, you know you're walking by faith when you do that. But you just have to train yourself. Amen. I, a lot of people, their laughter is broke. They haven't laughed in so long that they're... Their tear ducts don't know what to do. <laughs> but at destruction and famine, you shall laugh. Yeah. 
And see, one thing about faith is faith shouts while the walls are still up. It doesn't wait. Well, you know, when I see it, you know, people say this in the world. Well, believing is seeing. Wrong. <laughs> you know, or, or seeing is believing. I'm sorry. That's not. But believing is seeing. Because if you believe, you're going to see. What, what did Jesus say? He said, did I not tell you if you would believe, you'd see the glory of God? To Martha. And so faith still, it shouts while the walls are still up. What's the Bible say? Weeping may endure for the night, but there's more heaviness in the morning. No, it says, but joy comes in the morning. You know, the, the longest time that you're supposed to have any kind of weeping is for the night, for, for a few hours. It's kind of like anger. The Bible says, uh, it talks about, help me out there. Be angry, sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. What, what's that mean? You only have a few hours before the sun's going down. That's all scripturally you have. That's the only amount of time. Well, you know, I feel justified in this. You know, I have a right to be mad. I have a right to be angry. And it's owed me right now. And I, I, I have to. Well, in the meantime, the devil is just going to clean your clot. And so... It says, be angry, sin not, don't let the sun go down in your own wrath. What is that? Allowing the fruit of the Spirit. So, weeping may endure for the night. There, there are some things that can happen. The night seasons of life. But, joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. Romans 14, 17. And I know these, these are, are verses that you've heard before. But it's not, faith doesn't come by having heard, it comes by hearing. And see, you have to continually hear these things. And here's the thing. You can hear it and hear it and hear it, but not be a doer. So you have to be a doer of the word. Romans 14, 17 says this. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. What does that mean? It's not just in ordinances and and different things that... But it's righteousness. And it's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. People say, man, I, you know, you should just preach the Bible, not, not have all that joy. What about this verse then? It's kind of like people that say, well, you know, you should just preach the Bible, not talk about you know, giving. It's kind of laughable when you, you see how much Jesus actually preached about stewardship. But righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what the kingdom of God is about. So the thing is, we can have joy no matter what's going on. So I want to give you four truths about joy. Four truths about joy. Number one, joy is for every believer. Joy is for every believer. What's, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, I'm just not that dignified type. You know, I, or I am more dignified. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm not a real emotional person. Yet you, you, you play their favorite game. You put their favorite team on. Amen. And you see, man, I didn't know they jumped so high. I didn't know they got so excited. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that, but just just don't leave God out. Let let God have some of the the jumping too. Amen. So so joy is for every believer, including every ministry gift, including those in the ministry. You know, I know my pastor. He said that. Back in the 90s when they, you know, of course his ministry has never stopped. It's, it's, it's about revival. But he said back in the 90s and stuff especially, he said the hardest section to, to break through was the minister section. Wow, because they're all about getting the, the, the best seat and the reserved. 
the reserve seating. And it was just like the hardest section to minister through. Well, the ministries, the people in ministry should be the one pressing in the most. But a lot of times they, they just go to look and check out somebody else and say, let's see if they got it. You know, let's just see. And, and so they don't, they don't press in. They don't. Amen. You know, I've, I've had a couple people. And see, I'm, I'm open. I talk to people and I'm open. But, you know, I've had people come in here and, and visit the church on a Sunday morning and just have a scowl on their face. Can't worship. Probably don't give a thing. But, but then they want to talk to me about how to run the church and do spiritual things. Then you say, hit the, jack, hit the road, Jack, and don't come back anymore, anymore. Hit the road, Jack. Don't come back any, no more. Thank you. So joy is for every believer. And like I said, even for every ministry gift, because even if, if you know, God's called us all to intercede and stand in the gap, but there are some people that do, maybe do that more than others, but you know, some people can use that and say, well, you know, brother, I'm an intercessor, so I just carry all the burdens. <laughs> you know, if you pray, you're supposed to pray and pray through and, and get the answer, and then you get up and shout. I'm not carrying any heavy burden standing up here today. I don't carry any heavy burdens about the church. Any burdens. Doesn't mean I don't care, but I don't care. In the sense of I don't carry care. We are concerned about people, but but worrying never helped anybody. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like you know people that that want to. I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not going to step on toes, but maybe. But you know, people. If, just say if they want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds. Standing on the mirror or, or checking the, your, the weight five times a day never changed your, your physical condition. Standing in front of the mirror and obsessing never changes it. You have to change your lifestyle. That was really deep, wasn't it? But see... As an intercessor, when, when God puts something on your heart, you're supposed to pray and pray that thing through and get up with joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And if I'm, if I'm down, if I'm down and out, if I'm trying to, you know, I'm just carrying this burden for the Lord. Well, that's the enemy. That's the enemy coming in saying, hey, we're going to put this burden on them and, and make it spiritual so we think it's, think it's God. But see, I'm the Lord's racehorse, not the devil's pack mule. So he's not going to put that on me. Number two, <laughs> what did he say? For my, my burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. What about serving Jesus? Light and easy. Well, you know, it's really hard serving the Lord. Light and easy. Do we have challenges? Of course we do. But his burden is light. Number two, so joy is for every believer. Number two, joy is not dependent upon circumstances. It's not dependent upon circumstances. You having that joy. And like we said, it's not the same as happiness. See, I'm, what I'm not talking about is just having a superficial hilarity. Oh, you're just, you know, you, did, you, know, you, have, this, you have this smile that, You just, I'm not just talking about that. I mean, it's going to affect your face. But it's not, it's not just some, some giddy thing that just, like, oh, my gosh. See, I, I couldn't even live up to that. You know, where you just have this, this grin all the time, you know, like the Joker or something. But let me say this. Sometimes people, on the flip side of that, they say, well, you know, I have, I have a joy in my heart. It just doesn't show up on my face. But if there's enough of something in your heart, it's going to come up on your face. Amen. Notify your face. 
Amen. You ever, you ever, been, you ever been around somebody and, and you're around them and you say, what's going on? What's wrong? Oh, nothing. And then they realize, oh, do I look? Do I look? Yeah, you just look like something was going on, you know. And, and some, some people can, can cover that better than others. But sometimes you just see people's faces like, whoa. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because our face is the billboard of what's going on in our heart. Hallelujah. Number three, joy must be stirred up and maintained. Joy must be stirred up and maintained. Why? Because you're going to be challenged not to. You're going to be challenged to to not walk in joy. You're going to be challenged not to walk in love, in all the fruit of the Spirit. You know, Jesus told the disciples, he said, no, he's talking about joy. He said, your joy no man taketh from you. You know, if... No man can take it. No devil can take it. Unless you let him. So joy must be stirred up. What, what did Paul tell Timothy? He said in 2 Timothy 1.6. He said, stir up the gift of God which is within you. Stir it up. Does that mean he has a responsibility? Yes. I have a responsibility. How do I do that? One, one of the big ways I do it is by praying. And then number four, joy must be given away. Joy must be given away. You know, joy is something that people need. And like I said, in, during this time of the year, a lot of, a lot of people, it's a real painful time. Maybe... You know, maybe they're going through a, the, the first Christmas without a loved one. Um, or maybe they're just by themselves. You know, it, it, it can be hard for lots of people. And this is, this is worldwide it's, um, that people experience that. And so that's, that's where the Holy Spirit, He comes in. And He fills us. And so one of the things, though, is when God fills you, He fills you up to pour you out. He fills you up to pour you out. And so during, during a time when people can be down, and you know, here's the thing. You can do it normal. You can be spiritual in a normal manner. You know, you know, if, if, if just say if Matt was down, and I know he doesn't get down. So... <clears throat> So if Matt was down, I don't have to go and just stand over him and just say, Thus saith the Lord, I see that you are down. I see that joy is not operating in your life. It, it, you know, it can be as simple as, um, Hey, man, we appreciate what's going on. And we, appreci- we appreciate you. Hey, um, hey, let's go get a meal. You know, get something. You know, you can encourage people a lot of different ways. You know, I don't have to stand up and prophesy the, 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 what's, what's very evident. You know, you, you can be real normal in your Christianity. Amen. You can be very practical in your Christianity. And so, what does he say? He says, the angel says, I give you good tidings of great joy. And so what do you have to do in your life? You have to realize, I'm going to let those good tidings of great joy affect my life. And it's not just about the Christmas message. It's the Christian message. The message of joy. The message of good tidings of great joy. And I'm going to let that joy flood my life. And don't go long periods of time without laughing. Don't take yourself that serious. You know, there's, there's something, even, you know, the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. There's something that happens when you laugh. There's things, chemicals that are released in your body that, are, that will induce healing in your body. Amen. You know, your kids need to see you laugh. Hey, people need it. 
I mean, your spouse needs to see you laugh. <laughs> they haven't developed their laugh yet, and that's all. How many know babies, they, they cry before they laugh, so... so. Just give them a little bit of time. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just thank you today for your word. Lord, I thank you that your gospel is good news. Lord, that it's good news. Lord, we know that even as you went about preaching and teaching, Lord, that you came to heal the brokenhearted, that you gave good news to the poor, recovering a sight to the blind, Lord, that it was good news to every person. We thank you today that the gospel is good news. Lord, I thank you today that during this season that we celebrate good news, glad tidings of great joy. Lord, I just thank you for flooding every heart, for flooding every family today with the joy of the Lord. And Lord, we thank you that joy is our strength. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and please no one moving around, we'll be through in just a couple moments, and we're going to have some refreshments, but this is important. We want to, I want to give this call. If you're here, and you've never, you, you, you might say, preacher, you're talking about joy, but I've never accepted Jesus in my heart. I don't know what that joy is like, the joy of the Lord. Yes, I've had joy about different things that happen in my life and different things I celebrated, but the joy of the Lord, I don't know anything about, and I want that in my life. If you're here, and we want to pray with you and for you. Or secondly, if you're in this place, and you say, I once knew what that joy was about. I once knew the Lord, but I went away from Him into the practice of sin and wrongdoing. But I want to come back to Him. If that's you, if that's you, we want to pray with you and for you. You know, it can be as simple as just growing cold. It can be as simple as just growing cold in the things of God and, and, and letting your temperature just, just wane. Amen. The Lord wants us to be hot. The Lord wants us to be, be ready for Him. Jesus could come back at any time. And so we want to be ready. Hallelujah. So if that's you, with with no one looking around, if you say, that's me, I desire prayer, then lift your hand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. You know, for many people, that that have put things off. I mean, we can all do that in our life. We can put things off. But tomorrow never comes. And we don't want to ever, we don't want to ever chance eternity in eternal things. Why? Because forever is forever. And Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. And so, how do we do that? Well, first of all, we become born again. And we say, Jesus, I give you my all. So if that was you, if you raise your hand, we want to do just like we said. We want to pray with you and for you. But we want you to, if you raise your hand, then just come up here to the front. We want to agree with you. We want to pray with you and for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask my wife to come join. Thank you, Lord. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says there's more joy in heaven over one that repents than 99 people that need no repentance. Amen. And and even in our personal life, if we miss it, that's why we got to be quick to repent. Repentance is a gift. And God grants us repentance. What does that mean? He grants us the ability to confess and to turn and to change. Amen. And it starts with us accepting Him and coming back.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so, prayer that one size fits all. And even if, if, if you didn't come up and you raised your hand, we want you to pray right now. We're going to pray this prayer. So just pray this with me. And you guys here, no matter what, what, what condition you find yourself in, just pray this. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus come, into my heart. come into my heart. I believe, I believe. that you raised Jesus from the dead, Father. And I confess him right now as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Change me. And let me never be the same again. Lord, I draw close to you once again. I come back to fellowship. Lord, I want to be on fire for you. Use me for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, a lot of, a lot of times people use, if we confess our sins, just for, for believers, but it's actually to a, to a sinner. Why? Because we don't know all the things. But when we come back to, to full fellowship, that's what God wants is full fellowship. Full fellowship. Amen. And so the Bible says that He accepts us, accepts us just the way we are. And here's the, the, the beautiful thing. Even as a believer, when we confess our sins, He washes those away as if sin never existed. Well, you know what? I have this thing. You, know, you, don't want, you don't know what I did, people say. Yeah, and you don't know how powerful the blood is. Amen. Why? Because the blood washes me and cleanses me. Sometimes people, they'll remember things that you've done. Why? Because that's human nature. But God forgets. And you know what happens when He forgives? He forgives and He forgets. Hallelujah. So just lift your hands. We just want to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your anointing.